Hi, everybody. Welcome to Best in Class with Sean Sullivan, coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa. Wow, Grace, right? So I basically didn't want to do a podcast, you know, without giving myself a few days to rest and to really contemplate what I was doing. And the good news is I was able to talk to several Buccaneers, current Buccaneers, retired Buccaneers. I talked to some former Buccaneers that are playing in other teams to really get a perspective on this game that we lost 31 to 14, which was really never a game. We were never in the game. But first, let's talk about Bill Curry Ford. So we have our construction sale going on right now, Grace. Visit us at BillCurryFord.com and you can see all of our amazing specials. We have an amazing Gasparilla event going on where we're going to give you uh, $1,000 off on a new and pre-owned vehicle plus $5,000 over Kelly Blue Book for your trade-in. We have 0% right now, so fight inflation at Bill Curry Ford. And, of course, we're the home of the lifetime warranty. Follow us at Bill Curry Tampa, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then if you'd like to order a car right now, which is really the best way to do it, just order a car through Nikki or Concierge. She'll keep you informed the whole way. $500 gift card, no deposit necessary. Lots of great stuff going on at Bill Curry Ford. We got a lot of great stuff. And then, of course, March starts our selling season, so that's very exciting. So now that I have paid the corporate sponsors, let's get on to the game. So I'm a little bit more calm, Grace, because I, I kept getting text messages from listeners saying, when is your podcast coming out? When is your podcast coming out? Well, and, and they enjoy when I yell, which I, I don't understand when, when I – because I'm passionate. They enjoy when I scream and yell. What is there to scream about, right? So basically, I said after the Atlanta game – the team should not have done what it did. We shouldn't have rested our players. They, you know, they, they, they weren't barely in a groove. We, I'm, I'm, I mean, my first thought in my notes, Grace, was I'm so glad we rested our players for that crap that we saw on Monday night. I mean, they were really well rested so they could play absolutely terrible. So I hope that everybody straps on because this is going to be a quick 20 minutes and it's going to be a synopsis of this playoff game. And then next week we're going to do two-a-days where we're going to break into the East-West Shrine game in the Senior Bowl. We're going to get into the offseason. Obviously, the update, I'm sure that Steve has already done a, a podcast at Byron Leftwich has been fired and a lot of offensive coaches have been fired. That's a whole nother offseason. I want to talk about this game specifically. I want to answer some things for Bucks fans because I know I had questions after this game and I'm like, somebody's got to answer these questions, Grace, or I'm going to go crazy, right? So then I reached out to all my connections. I will not say their names in the podcast, but, but, but listen to me, fans. I will tell you this very quickly. One of them is a Hall of Fame player. That narrows it down a little bit. I talked to another player who's actively playing on a playoff team right now. I have talked to a retired player who is in our ring of fame at Tampa Stadium. These are not guys that don't know what they're talking about, and these are not gonna, I'm not going to have hypothesis, and I'm not going to talk about what could have, would have, maybe. I'm going to tell you what actually happened in the game. I'm going to tell you why it happened, and I'm going to tell you what we should be doing in the offseason. So let's get started. First play of the game, and this goes out to Leo, who's a, who's a big fan of the podcast, and I know he, he texted me. He's like, when is your podcast coming out? And I was like, it's coming out. Let's talk about the first play because he, he texted my phone after the first play. Let's just discuss this. So we went into a game plan, right, where we decided to run the ball on first down, which is fine, okay? The best player on the field, the, one of the best players in the NFL, is named Micah Parsons, formerly known as Mika, right? So Micah Parsons is in line. He's on the left side of the line. He is unblocked to start the game, completely unblocked, okay? 
So I see him coming off, and the way they did the angle, and Rashard White had a three-yard loss on first down. Coquif was in there for protection. He went to the center to stop the, the a safety blist up the middle for a run blitz. Coquif picked that up. Donovan Smith went inside, not outside, and Parsons ran the play down from behind for a three-yard loss. Okay, so this to me sums up our entire season, okay? And I want to talk about this play. That's why it's so important to me that I was talking to a former Buccaneer, right, who has a Super Bowl ring. And he told me, he said, do you have a question? I said, I want to know what happened on this play. I want to know if Byron Leftwich designed this play to leave uh, Micah Parsons unblocked on the weak side so that we could do a power road to the right and that we, we thought that he would be out of the play. Second, I want to know if Coquife missed his block, that he went inside to pick up the safety instead of the outside, or did Donovan Smith supposed to turn left? Because all of this plays into the fact that we are the worst rushing offense in the NFL, the worst since 1980. And the only reason why I think we're the worst since 1980 is because they started the stats in 1980. Okay? We are the worst ever to rush the ball. And I want to understand it, right, as, as a fan. So I asked this person, um, and he was like, okay, well, this is very simple. One, the play was designed for the, all of the offensive linemen to pull to the right because it was power, right? We had our tight end pull to the right. To block, to, to block a safety blitz, and it was a rollout. So basically they leave the end on the opposite side unblocked because he's not supposed to be in the play because he has outside containment. He's not supposed to really crash the line in behind. Oh, by the way, it's also their best player, Micah Parsons. So I was like, this is how we're going to start the game out. So the way the Buccaneer explained it to me, former Buccaneer explained it to me, is this. There is no fear of Tom Brady rolling out at all. There was no fear of, of Micah Parsons crashing down on the line to stop the run and then having Brady hold the ball and bootleg out. There's no fear of it whatsoever. So we're gonna, I'm going to touch on this later in the podcast. We're going to talk about Britt and why he didn't have outside contain on fourth and, uh, on fourth and goal for the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to discuss this. But this is why this is so important to me, that it's a play design. So on first down, we run the ball. Second part. Our run design is remedial. It's juvenile. Okay? They know what we're doing. All right? So basically the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, who's now getting interviewed for a head coaching job, saw that we were in a run formation, knows that our quarterback can't bootleg. Basically it adds another defensive player on the field for the Dallas Cowboys where they can make a play. So Micah Parsons never looked at Tom Brady. If you watch the play again – as soon as the ball is hiked, he's off. He's off on like, like, like a road runner running as fast as he can. And Richard White, of course, what is he doing? He's running to the right. He's behind all of his blockers. There's plenty of room in front of him. So the blocking is all coming into play, except that he gets tackled from behind by their best player on the field. Okay? So that's one aspect of it. Terrible calling a terrible play call on first down where you're going to pull to the right. You're going to leave your, your rush end unblocked. You have Coquif there, but he goes inside to pick up the safety blitz. And then we lose three yards on first down. So for the Buccaneer fans who are listening, I answered your question. The, it's, it's, it's twofold. One, it has nothing to do with the offensive line. The offensive line actually blocked correctly in that play. 
the, it's the play design is designed for Richard White to follow his blockers to the right and get up the field for three or four or five yards, right? Didn't happen because there's no threat from our quarterback of being mobile. To, and then, of course, the formations that we're in are, are the same formations that we've had all year. Now, the other part of this is your tight ends. You have no tight end on this, on this field that can block. None. So, I mean, this is a Jason Light issue. This is where the general manager has to get involved and realize that none of his tight ends can block. None of them. They're not made to block. Can't, we, we, we drafted Kate Otten to catch the ball, right? Keith, we drafted to block. He's a fullback. He's not a full-size tight end. He's not going to knock anybody on their butt. Can he seal off a run? Absolutely. You're going to put it, he's going to play H-back, right? You have the retiree, right, um, whose, whose name is skipping me right now because I hadn't thought about him all year. And then, uh, and then Cam Brate, who hasn't been the same since his concussions, right? You literally have no blocking whatsoever coming from the tight end position, okay? That's, and when you have Gronk, it's, it's easier to cover up a lot of problems when you have Gronk on your line, right? And even O.J. Howard wasn't a very good pass catcher, but he was, out, he was actually a decent blocker. Not a great blocker, but he was decent. So between Gronk and O.J. Howard, you had a much different tight end sets for run blocking. Okay, let's move past that first play. Let's go forward to the goal line where Tom Brady threw the interception, which he never does. And I'm listening to all these guys talk about how he was trying to throw the ball out of the end zone. That is incorrect. So anybody who thinks that Tom Brady was trying to throw the ball away is incorrect. I have got this on good authority from a former Buccaneer, let's just say a big-time player, right, who actually knows how that was, that play call that was on there. Brady was trying to make something happen, and Godwin was supposed to come back for that throw. That was a miss communication between Brady and Godwin on the interception. I don't think Brady threw his receiver under the bus. I don't think Godwin's going to come up, but he thought he was going one way. He motioned him, and he threw that ball thinking that Godwin's coming back. He didn't. The ball wasn't even close to being thrown away. If you guys go back and look, it's at number height. There's no way that Tom Brady, the GOAT, right, throws a ball at numbers jersey height thinking that it's going to go out the back of the end zone. That's silly. He would have just thrown it left. He would have just thrown it there was nobody even to the left. He was trying to make a play. It didn't happen with the receiver. Okay? So that's, that's, a, that's a breakdown in my notes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, did we just give up the three points? And I'm like, okay, we're still in this game. We're, we're, we're still making it even though th- that was our best-looking drive of, of the game. And it turned out to be d- definitely our best-looking uh, best drive. I mean, Tom Brady threw the ball 66 times, which, by the way, was a playoff record for the most um, throws. And he averaged five yards a throw. Okay? So I'm talking to another Buccaneer, and we're talking about the offensive line. And we're talking about Jensen, the warrior, who comes out and he plays in the in center position. Now, this former Buccaneer told me there's no way that Jensen should have been on the field. And the reason why is because Jensen didn't have contact. Um, and with the new CBA, he can't even wear pads and have contact. So we put a guy out there for the whole season that hadn't hit anybody that, that needs to get used to contact. And this person is a Pro Bowl player who said that he, he, he was actually out of football for, for most of the season and came back late in the season, and it took him four or five games to get used to the action, the speed. So he just, that was, to him, that was a dumbfounding decision by Todd Bowles was to put Jensen in there. Was it a, an emotional lift? Possibly. 
to have him there, but was it the right decision uh, on the field? I, I don't know if it would have made any difference. But again, I'm getting back to the point to where I don't understand some of the decisions that are being made by this team, right? First of all, Byron Leverage has been fired, right? We know that the, the, the rudimentary plays that we were running, we were running the same plays over and over again. We understand that that was a problem. That's why the entire offense was fired. But those two plays bothered me while I was watching the game. One was the interception. The other one was on the first play of the game, not, blo- not blocking Micah Parsons and understanding what's going on. And uh, it was just so confusing to me. And then, the Chris, and then having a, a, a game plan where Chris Godwin, who got involved later in the game, Chris Godwin ended up having 16 targets on the game. Um, later, Brady started finding him. But to start the game, we do nothing to ease these players into the game. Uh, to get them going. It's, it's, it's a life-or-death situation, it seems like, on every play. It's like every third down, if we don't get it here, we're in trouble. Every third down, every third down, every third down. Guys, watch a regular playoff team. This sense of urgency isn't there because they know they can run the ball, they can run clock, they can keep their defense, their defense is going to get them back off the field. It seems like, what, as a Bucks fan, all we do is wish for that magical catch on third down. And my question is, please, nothing go wrong. We're going to have to punt. So because Byron Leftwich has been fired, we don't have to talk about any more offensive plays. We're going to talk about the Buccaneers draft. We're going to talk about the, the best-in-class all-rookie team. We're going to discuss those things. I'm going to wait for the playoffs to end before we do the all-rookie team um, just because I'm watching some other rookies, and I might change my mind before the end. So let's talk about this defense, right? So I'm talking to another Buccaneer who was responding to what C.D. Lamb said after the game. C.D. Lamb said, now this is after the Bucs gave up four consecutive touchdown drives in a football game, playoffs, at home. Now remember, we're being told that Byron Leftwich is the entire problem here. Byron Leftwich is the problem. It's the offensive line is the problem. It's the offensive game planning is the problem. But yet you gave up 31 points to a team that the Washington, formerly known as the Redskins, pummeled last week. Pummeled. Last week, C.D. Lamb came out and said, I can't believe they were, they were playing us man-on-man because we continually beat them and they never adjusted. That's coming from their best player. C.D. Lamb is the Cowboys' best offensive player. What did we do with C.D. Lamb? Let me think. Let me, gee, let me think. We guarded we, – we actually had a linebacker running down the field with him at one point with no safety over the top. We put our second-best corner, third-best – well, actually, probably, in my opinion, fourth corner on C.D. Lamb for most of the game. And I'm not talking about Carlton Davis, who can't catch and who let a ball go through his hands in the end zone. That would have been a game-changing deal. And then I really looked it up, and he hadn't had an interception in, in two years, I think. But Steve is probably the expert on that. But it's, it's fascinating to me that we took their best player, and then Dalton Schultz th- then was running wild on um, our linebackers, who we know are not good at – at guarding players. So forget the halftime adjustments. Forget the adjustments for the game. What are we doing as a team when we blitz 28% of the time? We're only effective when we're blitzing 40 to 50% of the time. We put our If we're not blitzing, why are we playing man and that our guys are not capable? Sean Murphy Bunting was not capable of running the field and playing a, a, a man defense. It, it just wasn't happening. We never adjusted to any type of zone and then when we, we played some zone, we had linebackers not dropping um, back in depth. And by the way, I talked to a former Buccaneer 
Who's a linebacker? Who's my friend? Who said the depth of our linebackers is embarrassing. This is coming from a guy who got depth and, and, and Tony Dungy's too would, would make sure that we got depth. It drives me crazy. I'm talking more X's and O's than I normally do on this podcast just because someone has to explain to me how professional coaches in the NFL are so outcoached in a playoff game. I, I have to really, I have to grab onto it and really truly understand. Is this Jason Light's fault? Is this the player's fault? I like that Carlton Davis decides to peek in on the inside and forgets to take outside containment on CD Lamb and he walks into the end zone. Is this coaching? Is this the fact that we have terrible players? We know we don't have terrible players because we won a Super Bowl with these players, the majority of them. We added in the offseason some other guys. So I, I don't think it's just a player issue. There's just some bad coaching going on. Defensively, we were awful. We were terrible. We shouldn't have been on the field with these guys. No pass rush. What, is, what do I talk about on best in class? What have I talked about for two seasons? Pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Please get pass rushers. Please draft pass rushers. Brian Burns could be on our team right now. Josh Allen could be on our team right now. TJ Watt could be on our team right now. Ibikwe could be on our, on our team right now. Yannick could be on our team right now. I've talked about the pass rushers till I'm blue in the face. We don't draft them. We don't get them, right? How much did this team miss a healthy uh, Jason Pierre-Paul this year? Don't give me Shaq Barrett, right? Shaq Barrett hasn't been good since his first year with us, all right? He has been okay his second year, and now he has an Achilles injury at 30 years old. Listen, he had already lost his step. So let's not rely on Shaq Barrett pass rushing anymore. Joe Tryon, at this point, is a backup, right? He's, 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 he's not a star. He's not going to get you the constant pressures. He's a liability in the run game. Logan Hall is, is an interior player. Outside, you, you have Anthony Nelson, who has shown flashes, but Anthony Nelson is a backup, right? Then, then we signed... Um, Nassib off the off the waiver wire. I mean, he came off the street, and we're get, we're letting him try to rush the passer for us. So again, where is our pass rush coming from? Levante David, I think, had three sacks on the year. Levante David, by the way, is your best defensive player, Buccaneers. He's your best defensive player, the most consistent, the best, the smartest. He's the best defensive player we have, and he's coming to the end of his career. You don't have any defensive stars on this team. Vea is the closest that we have. And it's, it's hard for a nose to be – and Veya doesn't take games over. Veya makes plays, yes, but he's, but he's not taking the game over. And he's a personal friend of mine, and this is not a shot at him, but, but he's not J.J. Watt, right? He's not, he's not a guy that's going to take over a football game. He does a very good job. He's an above-average player. He's a definitely um, improved his pass rush. But he also doesn't play 50 snaps a game. You, you, you know, a star player, you need him to play 50, 60 snaps a game. Uh, anyway, sidetracked. Our linebackers can't rush the passer. Devin White can't rush the passer. Levante David can't rush the passer. Shaq Barrett is not going to be able to rush the passer anymore. What are we doing as a pass rush? It was so embarrassing. Four straight touchdown drives. Now, as far as the tackling is concerned, tackling is a product of want to, right? So this gets back to the Joe Bucks fan listeners who, are, who text me and say, why don't the Bucks play with, with any energy? I don't know if it's because of Todd Bowles. I don't know if they don't want to play for him or not. But when I see Sean Murphy bunting one-on-one -on -one with Dak Prescott in the open field, 
And instead of deciding to remove his helmet from his head, right? I, I personally, if Dak Prescott breaks in the open field, right? I'm, I'm 6'1", 200 pounds, right? I'm not, not a super big guy. But I tell you what, if it's a quarterback's going to run, I'm going to give everything I have, right, to knock his dental work out, right? Because he's the guy that's the difference maker in the, in the game. Now, if he's running the ball, you don't have to worry about a penalty. This isn't a sack situation. So what does our defensive back do? He dives at his feet. Dives at his feet so he doesn't have to physically tackle him. I'm not quite sure I understand what we're doing with the physicality on this team, right? We don't like to tackle. We don't like to be physical. And I don't know if that's a product of Todd Bowles. I don't know if that's a product of, of not being able to practice with the CBA, not being able to practice. I know Derek Brooks has spoken about tackling many, many times about the CBA and how you're only in, you only have 14 days in full pads the whole year in practice, right? Shells isn't going to get it done. I don't know what the answer is. I personally would like to draft maybe a couple of guys that were in prison. I, I, I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Grace? Uh, some, some mean guys. I, I, need, I need some guys that want to bite your face off. We just need a couple of guys that want to actually inflict pain on the other team. We had that with Whitehead. Whitehead was a draft pick of Jason Light, an amazing run stopper, put his head in every single play. Uh, and Antoine Winfield Jr., same type of player, but guess what? He, has he been the same since, his, since he was hurt with his concussions? Of course not. He's not the same player, right? He's, he's injured. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to recover. So when we lost Whitehead, we lost some identity. Mike Edwards does not, is not a physical player. Sean Murphy Bunting is not physical. Jamal Dean is not physical. Carlton Davis sometimes will mix it up, right? Who on this team are you scared of if you're an offense Anybody? Is there anybody that you don't want to get hit by on this team? I, I don't know what it is. And I don't, I, I don't just think that all the players forgot how to play football. I just don't believe it. There's a reason why they are not putting in the effort. And it's either coaching or leadership. There, there's only two things it could possibly be. And I don't know which one it is. And I guess we'll find out next year because Todd Bowles will be the head coach again. And he's going to pick his, uh, his coaches. And I'm going to throw a name out there for Bucks fans right now. Um, I know that uh, Lee is very high on Bill O'Brien. I know that there's a lot of people that are high on, on George's um, Todd Munkin. I, I get that. He's won two, two titles. But I'm a Frank Reich guy. And let me just tell you, Frank Reich has had a top 10 defense four times as a head coach. Four times. Not only that, he knows how to run the ball. He absolutely knows how to create running lanes, and he knows how to, to, to create blocking schemes, and he knows how to call plays. And he's a veteran presence head coach who, by the way, has 10 games over 500 as a start as a head coach. If he doesn't get a job as a head coach in the offseason, Todd Bowles, please do yourself a favor. Hire somebody like Frank Reich who can come in here and, and, and turn this team around and, and this offensive side of the team. And then you can focus on defense. And maybe Todd Bowles, maybe it's time that you hire a defensive coordinator. I know you weren't able to hire a defensive coordinator last year, but maybe you need to do that so that you can manage the game because the feel that you have for the game isn't there. And I'm going to give you an example. You can't feel momentum shifting. And I don't know what part of you can't feel that. Like Bruce Arians was really good, and it wasn't just let's risk it for the biscuit thing. Bruce Arians, one of his talents as a head coach is understanding What's going on in the game and the momentum of a football game? When you punted 
when, um, after we gave up an, another scoring drive to Dallas. You're basically, and then we gave up another scoring to Dallas, and then the game got out of hand. My point is, at that point, you have to know as a head coach, if you give this ball back to their offense, your defense cannot stop them, right? You've got to go hurry up. You've got to, you've got to go for it every fourth down. You've got, you cannot play conservatively as a defensive head coach thinking that you have a Super Bowl defense when you do not have a Super Bowl defense. You have an average defense. You don't even have a top 10 defense. Your defense is average at best with very little pass rush. And then I'm sitting there. I text Steve and Lee during the game in Ira. I'm texting them. I'm wishing for a turnover. That's the level of Bucks fan I am now is I'm going, can we just get a turnover, please? Can we just get a turnover? That's the level that I'm at now because for some reason we can't score. It's mind-boggling Bucks fans. Grace, I just wanted to do this podcast to recap this, um, this horrible 31-14 to 14 loss. It's one of the worst playoff losses in Buccaneers history, if not the worst, most embarrassing playoff loss ever. Firing all defensive coaches. You're going to come back with the same defense. You have salary cap problems. Listen, do yourself a favor, right? Jason Light, I know you listen to the podcast. Please do yourself a favor. Blow this up. Please get our salary cap back under control. I know there's some exaggeration there, but what I'm saying is let's go with the youth movement. Let's go all in on C.J. Stroud, and we're going to do our quarterback breakdown. And let me tell you something. Bryce Young's going to be the first quarterback taken. There's a possibility that the Kentucky quarterback goes second, right? There's a possibility. C.J. Stroud is the real deal. He is a difference maker. He is the Josh Allen. He is the Joe Burrow. He's the guy that could come in here and, and solidify our, our team. And let me just tell you something. When I say blow it up, I'm not saying that I want to win two games. I'm saying, listen, if we go with the youth movement right now, and then we go into this draft and we can trade up to three and get C.J. Stroud, I'm in. I don't care if you give up three number ones and two number twos. Go all in and get a quarterback that is mobile, that is accurate, that has swag, that is a winner, that everybody talks about him being uh, the locker room presence that he has. And let's get our team on the trajectory that, say, the San Diego Chargers are right now, where they have, they have Herbert, right? Let's get on that trajectory where we get our franchise quarterback set, right? And then that we can build around him with a, with, a, with a youth movement of, let's say, we upgrade our left tackle and we stay with Shard White at, at running back. We have Kate Otten at tight end. We get a little bit, and then we draft a pass rusher in the first round. I mean, there's a lot of op things that we're going to talk about in the offseason. That's all I got, Grace, for this game. I talked to so many Buccaneers, and they kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit. But this game, what an embarrassment. I feel bad. For all of the fans that spent a month's salary, some of them two weeks' salary, just to get to this game, to take their family to this game, who stretched and stretched and stretched their money to get to this game, and then that's what we give them, it's disgusting. I wish for a lot of things right now, but we're going to get on to the draft. East-West Shrine game's coming up. Senior Bowl's coming up. We're going to get into the players. We're going to start breaking down some players that can help uh, Jason Light and the Buccaneers. I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. I hope you enjoy your ride home. Uh, text me at bestinclass at billcurryford.com now. You can get grace at gthomas at billcurryford.com. If you have any charities that are going on, please visit us at billcurryford.com. Uh, see all the amazing specials we have. 
And I hope you enjoy your ride home. Here's to a long off season, Grace. See you guys next time.